0: Blasted through the 8th dimension in 1938 over in Grover's Mill. Where there was a huge electrical dimensional accident, some giant explosion, and they hypnotized Orson Welles into covering it up. So first he says, there's an invasion from Mars, but then he says, no, 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 it's just a radio show hoax. Get it?
1: No, let's go. Orson
0: Welles, what about yo you're Dine? What about Dr. Lazardo? Well, that's what we're trying to tell you. There's someone living inside him. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.
2: Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, <laughs> after 150 <laughs> episodes, you change it up. This is episode 218, and tonight we're talking about Buckaroo Bonsai. Hi, I, I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andro, it's Big Boutet, Jimison.
0: Hey, hey. Boutet. <laughs>
2: Boutet. And Boutte. Sam. Why is Jeff Goldblum dressed like a cowboy? That a <laughs> That's
1: a great <laughs> question. Um not only is he dressed as a cowboy, he's dressed as a uh as a comic book cowboy. Yeah, like for sure.
2: like what the nineteen sixties thought cowboys looked like.
1: Absolutely.
2: Uh, uh Okay. Oh, so Oh, and, and by the
1: way, Sean, if there was a way to kill you, oh. I would uh, put a slug on a very slow uh, 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 ramp down to maybe where it would fall into your mouth, but it would probably just land somewhere around your chin and fall off the table. <laughs>
3: yeah, so
2: stupid. I didn't understand the point of that. Uh, like, why do they have to electroshock the thing to make it move? And, and It's so dumb. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh! All right, this so this is 1984's uh, "The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai and the eighth, Dim- across the eighth dimension. <sighs> now, full Good disclosure: I told, I said it last week. The only reason why I wanted to watch this movie is because uh, Sam made me read the book, um, "The Ready Player One," which admit I admit it, you liked it. I freaking loved it. One of my yeah. probably my favorite book in the last five years I've read. Seriously. And the movie comes out, and, and I watched it, and Sam did, it and and if yep. you want to know my thoughts on the movie, go listen to my to our Anchor uh, Cast episode four. Is it
1: actually out there?
2: Oh yeah, I, we've got lots of listeners on that one. So if you go to iTunes, if you get through us through iTunes, um, when you Google, when you search for cheap suit reviews, the other one, the Anchor Post, will also the Anchor podcast will pop up, and listen to our Sam and I's five minute review of Ready Player One but it but the main character is uh Wade uh, Watts is his name. This is his favorite movie. And so that actually intrigued me because of that. And yeah. I now watch it and think why? <laughs> why is this his favorite movie? This movie It's is, only
1: because it's in the 80s.
2: This movie is awful. This is terrible. Um <laughs> but but <laughs> So this movie Each is one. Th- this movie is one of those movies that has, over the years, has gained kind of a cult following. Um, for its, I guess, campiness and its silliness and and whatever and and
1: weirdness.
2: Yeah, and its randomness and like there's things that just don't make sense and there's a lot of. I mean, we haven't used the, this trope in a while, but our hopping man trope we haven't talked about in a while. There's like. Several, and and they're not even just people. It's like plot points; they just disappear. It's kind of
1: like the watermelon in the press,
2: right? Like, why is there a watermelon? (laughs) I'll tell you later, and then there's no payoff. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's where's the joke? There's there's no payoff for that joke. There's the the like, why is there a nine year old with a with a machine gun? I mean, like. For the and, kids, man. And the dad is cool with he it. Is. And okay. like, yeah, he can be armed, but I have to <laughs> have permission to ride with you in your weird truck. I just, there's, <laughs> there's just so much of this movie that it just doesn't make any sense. It's
1: so fantastic.
2: Um, And so if you're also wondering what the heck Buckaroo Banzai is, uh, uh, um, Andrew is here to tell you uh, what IMDb has to say that this movie is.
0: Adventurer. Brain surgeon, <laughs> rock musician, Buckaroo Bonsai is a jack of all trades, and his crime fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invaders from the eighth dimension. The eighth dimension, who are planning to conquer Earth.
2: Okay. <laughs> There's, ser- there's several things. They're, that, they're not
1: really planning to conquer Earth, aren't they? I thought uh, they were trying to get home. They're
2: trying to leave. So n- yeah. there's never really a, a, a conquering of Earth thing. Second of all, um, the, the brain surgeon part only comes up at the very beginning of the movie and is never used again. Like, he never, throughout the rest of the movie, doesn't use his brain surgeon <laughs> knowledge to help him in any way.
0: Well, And I think that if they're just trying to prove a point that he's smart, there's other ways you can do that without having to waste a whole scene about brain surgery. Oh, God. There was so much wasted scenes in this movie. Oh, dear
2: Lord. Now, correct me, and I don't think you have to, but bonsai, right, is a Japanese... It's a Japanese word. Yeah, it's
0: a tree, bonsai tree.
2: Bonsai tree, yeah, which is a Japanese tree, obviously, but... But like the concept of buckaroo bonsai is a Japanese thing. Then why is his team called the Hong Kong Cavaliers? Like, <laughs> like they could have been called the Tokyo Cavaliers, and it would have made more sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think in 1984 they just thought, well, people don't Americans don't know what kind of Asians are. Like what what Asians are? They're just all yellow people, and they're not going to know the difference between a Vietnamese and a you know what I'm saying? Like. I, I actually
1: well, when did karate kid
0: come out again? Really true. I mean 80, back in the day.
2: 86, right? 85, 86. 86?
0: Okay. 84.
2: 80, was it the same year?
0: Oh, that's what I
1: thought. I thought it was 84.
2: I mean, I know eighty-four is like like the 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 mecca of years for, for film. Like yeah. there's yeah. like there's a, a hundred really good movies in this in this year. Um, and then the next big one is ninety three. He's the next kind of real big one, which is weird, but whatever. Um, The Karate, yeah, Karate Kid is nineteen eighty four. Yeah, so and but he's Japanese. Well, he's he's from Okinawa, which is is Japanese. Um, Oh yeah. So, but yeah, but like like that would have been like if this movie if if in that movie he would have you know what I'm saying like. He's from Okinawa and he and he does a lot of Japanese customs and then but someone calls him but if someone in that movie would have called him Chinese, that was just to prove their ignorance or their racism and in this movie, mm-hmm. it's like I just don't think that they thought people would care I don't know
1: well you know, I don't know and I, I guess we're kind of going into what we felt like, but this yeah. movie kind of had a little bit of that uh big trouble in little china feel to it
2: which would make sense because yeah. the yeah. director of this movie wrote that movie
1: then that okay
2: yeah he yeah. helped write that with John Carpenter
1: oh okay so um yeah i guess that does make sense but it's just i don't know i just get weird vibes from these types of movies it was like a certain style of filmmaking at the time that it was so popular in the 80s, and there is no way you can make a movie like this again. No. Um, with this style, I don't think. And see, like... So the people that made Poultry, guys.
2: Well, yeah, but that was, again, that was a farce on a farce on a farce. Like, that's, like, the, the trauma people, that's what they're they're designed to do.
0: But uh, if you had never seen any other movies from the 80s, and, and this movie was made today, would it not seem like a farce?
2: It would, but yeah, that's but that's okay. the I think that's yeah. the problem is like I don't know if the movie always meant to be that. Um, I don't think it did. And there's know, in and there's my opinion. And there is evidence of it, is that the the director of photography, the, the guy who started the director of photography is the guy what did oh, I forgot it. He did some really great film and the producers fired him because they they didn't like the look that he was giving. Oh, now I have to find the trivia because it's. I'm, I'm already getting into some of the trivia, but um, it, it's actually it's it's actually really worth looking at. But basically, the the guy that they hired to do the the the, direct, the cinematography, um, he. What am I trying to say? Basically. He made the movie look two-dimensional and flat and simple. The only scene that made the movie that the other guy directed was the bar, the the nightclub scene. And knowing that after I watched it made me kind of go, I wonder why that scene looked better than everything else. Yeah,
1: um, because it, it really but, did.
2: Uh, so I'm trying to find where that other... I think anyway, it doesn't matter, but my point is is that I can't tell if the movie is supposed to be dumb or not.
0: <laughs> I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I honestly don't think it was meant to be, but it turned out that way. Like, Absolutely. And this yeah.
2: is and, and fair or unfair, one of my favorite 1980s sci fi films of all time that isn't a Star Trek movie is The Last Starfighter. I yeah. love The Last Starfighter. And it is campy. But they weren't trying for camp. They were trying to make a genuine sci-fi movie, and and it, and you can tell that they tried, and they're really trying in that movie, and it works. I st- I still think Mia, yeah, they're using at the time state-of-the-art, like only Tron, like Tron level uh, CGI, right? And mm-hmm. and it's. And it, and the movie still, in my opinion, holds up. I, I wanted to stream so we can do it for the for the podcast. It's just not, but I'd love for it. Tron? No, not Tron. Um, the Last Starfighter.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Which also came out in 1984.
2: Right, same year as this. And that yeah. movie, in my opinion, is leaps and bounds above this because the plot is simpler. I think.
1: And it, it has an intelligence to it. This, I kept thinking, uh, this was. I don't know, like from a comic book. The name just lends itself to, you know, was this mm-hmm. a comic book before it was a movie? And I thought maybe it was some weird kids comic book. Think, you know? I think it is based and,
2: on a, I think it's based on a novel, actually.
1: Yeah, and
0: I I just it's so stupid. It just Okay, just to give us some perspective here. And go go with me for a moment. Yeah, okay. Sure. These are the other movies that were made in 1984.
2: Oh, but there's a bunch of them though. But yeah,
0: go sixteen ahead. candles, Friday yep. Kid, Ghostbusters, The Terminator. Um, I'm not going to name all these. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. Neverending no. Story, Beverly Hills Cop, Amadeus, uh, Footloose, uh, Police Academy, This Is Spinal Tap, Splash. Uh, corny's favorite children of the corn, um, <laughs> the last starfighter. Um, and I think, oh, star Trek three. Yeah. Um,
2: I would have said it had you not.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's some really good movies and ghostbusters is in there. Yeah.
2: You said that so there's
0: some really good yeah. movies that
2: the really, really like defining of the decade type movies. Right. Um, I mean, even Star Trek Three, which is one of the lesser of the Star Trek films, makes. Is, Wait, I
1: thought the odd ones are the good ones.
2: No, the even ones are the good ones.
1: Even ones, okay. Yeah, sorry.
2: That's fine. Um, yeah, I, and that's unfair too. That you know, that's a Paramount production. That's industrial light and magic. This is neither one of those. So
0: <laughs> I mean, that, I can't obviously yeah. com-
2: I can't compare it to those two things.
0: But, well, and none of these movies that I listed really can we compare. Really, I mean, I don't know the budget for this one, but
2: well, I'll tell you, because um, there's some fun trivia about the budget, and uh, it, it only made six million bucks.
0: That's a lot more than I expected, to be honest.
2: Like total. <laughs> um, it only has gross in the USA. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't. Say no, I, I, I don't actually. It doesn't have what the budget was.
0: That's because everybody in Asia was offended by this one.
2: Well, and part of the reason why <laughs> part of the reason why the, the, this is a, true part of the reason why the but the on um, IMDb that there's no listing of the budget is because the production company that produced it went bankrupt because of this movie, and um, they it, it took like lots of lawyers and 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 money just to allow the DVD to be released. Wow. Um, because basically the company that owned the rights was like, no, we're not going to give it away. And they're like, we're trying to, we, we could make money on this thing. You know, like we can actually, the people that you guys still owe money can get paid, you know. So, yeah. you know, f- 30 years, 20 years later. But um, <laughs> but um, I, I when I, when we first started watching the movie, when I first started in, a, in the, the first credits, and I guess I've completely screwed up, and we were 25 minutes on this show, um, I guess I should say, "Hey guys, what are your thoughts on this movie?" But
1: <laughs> I, I think pretty uh, people pretty much know where I we think, stand. I think yeah, uh, I, think
2: so. I think we're all kind of. So when I saw I, I saw Peter Weller's name pop up, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, we got RoboCop in this. That's cool." And then John Lithgow, I'm like, "Oh, that's." That's interesting. And then that Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's in this? Christopher Lloyd is in this? My gosh. Um, and, then, and then I saw Clancy Brown. I thought, <laughs> Clancy Brown is in this thing. This is great. So I, I love all of these guys. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, even uh, Ellen Barkin, who was the, the female. And Andrew has gone on record saying that most women from the ni- 80s, they're not really attractive. I think she kind of fits in the other category of actually kind really? of. Really? I, I was kind of no. attracted to her.
1: I, I was, I was going to be nice and not say anything, but I didn't.
2: <laughs> I, I was kind of attracted to her. Um, and she's aged great. Like, she's a beautiful woman now. Do you know who she is? Who is she? she uh, did you see the Ocean's 13 movie? The one No. Where, oh. uh.
1: The one with all the ladies?
2: No, that was Ocean's 8.
1: Oh, I saw Ocean's Eleven.
2: Okay, so you just saw the first one.
1: Well, on the second one.
2: So you saw Ocean's Twelve.
1: Yep, I didn't know there was a third one.
2: Yeah, it came out like a decade ago.
0: She has aged fairly well.
2: Yeah. She's in a new show called uh, Animal Kingdom or The Kingdom or something. It's on TNT. Um, But in the the Ocean's Thirteen movie, uh, Matt Damon has to seduce her. Um, Oh. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I I find her attractive. Uh, so anyway, she, yeah, Animal Kingdom. Her, that's what she's. Her
1: doing. eyes would bug me.
2: Why? What's wrong with her eyes? I
1: don't know. Just kind I of think obsessed. she might have
0: had a little work done. Yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe. Uh, the fan. She was in the fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Gosh, she's in a bunch of movies. I just didn't know. Gracious. Uh, a lot of the stuff though I've actually never heard of. So actually, it's not that surprising. Um. Anyway, so yeah. so I saw, but like, <laughs>
0: but just... I,
2: uh, go ahead, Andrew, uh, please. You
0: know, I was just, as I was watching this movie, I thought to myself that it's one of, it's a movie that can't make up its mind really what it is and right. what it's about. I thought <laughs> there's so many ideas thrown into this. And you can tell even from what I read, you know, from the IMDb. I mean, there's just so much that I felt like at times I was watching, you know, especially at the opening, I thought, okay, this is going to be kind of like Star Wars. And then for a moment I thought, mm, no, okay, this might be more like that. Uh, uh, oh, crap. I can't even think what it is now. Um, well, we mentioned Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then. Kind of kooky. Yeah, and then there were some feels of. I mean, it, it happened in the music too, like there were some things in the music that I noticed, and you know, being a band director, I am drawn to, as you guys are musicians. I mean, you understand it too. I, All I the heard beautiful little synths. Yeah, and I heard little, like, snippets of what it sounded like the Charlie Brown theme, and then, <laughs> and then I heard little Star Wars references and. To me, the movie just felt so unorganized. It felt like they had all these great ideas on paper and then they threw them all together and it didn't turn out so hot. Yeah. I agree with with Andrew 100%. There was even even one moment where I looked at um, Peter Weller and I thought, he looks like Doctor Who. Like there was, you know, in the way that he was dressed and. Well, that, you know, is this a
1: James Bond film? in parts as well. Yeah. You know, they were trying to create a character that was larger than life, but I don't know if they were able to really succeed in doing so.
2: Well, and like, even in the description on, it's not IMDb, but on, uh, in like, in the movie scroll, where it talks about how, um, and I actually, I actually want to read it. Cause like, it was the dumbest movie scroll opening scroll I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it, it made no sense. Like, you, you know,
1: know what it kind of you know what I it it reminds me of some of these Chinese Japanese movies that sometimes you get that are dubbed over that have these silly concepts. Yeah, that's kind of the style or the feel I was getting from it.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, the scene with the president when he's in the. The back, why race thing? Yeah. yeah. Number one, why? But number two, I felt like I was watching Austin Powers at that point.
2: Well, <laughs> do you know who his Secretary of State was, right?
1: I've seen him in other movies.
2: It's, it's Yakov Smirnoff.
1: Yeah. They oh, act- yeah. they
2: actually call him Secretary Smirnoff, and I'm like, really? We we <laughs> have a a Secretary of State Smirnoff, and we're in the middle of the Cold War. That Cold seemed, War. That seems real <laughs> dumb. Um, That just seemed real dumb. Oh, (laughs) and uh, it just. But you're not no, you're not wrong about that opening, um, about that. uh, It just. I can't. I don't know. I just. (laughs) I wanted it to be so good, and we've how many times have we said that on movies? Yeah. Okay. All right. So hang in there. I, I want to read this. Just, just bear with me, guys. I know, you know. Oh, Sean's reading. Great. I know. But all right. Here's the opening scroll. If you're not going to watch the movie, Buck Banzai, born to an American mother and a Japanese father, thus began life as he was. De- de- okay. Thus began life as he was destined to live it, going in several directions at once. I don't know what, what that, that means. Mean? But, yeah. What does that mean? Because he has two different <laughs> races of, of parentage. Like that doesn't make sense. A brilliant neurosurgeon, this restless young man grew quickly dissatisfied with a life devoted solely to medicine. He roamed the planet studying martial arts. Okay.
1: (laughs) And if he's a martial arts expert, he's a really bad martial arts expert. He only does
2: one kick in the whole movie, and it's when he kicks Christopher Lloyd in the nuts. That's all he does. (laughs) And then... There's a scene in the hallway where Jeff Goldblum shows up and he does some like twirling behind the back to shoot the bad guys kind of stuff, and then we never get that again, yeah. uh, Or or haven't had it before. And then Jeff Goldblum even did. He even went as far as when he shot the bad guy, he blew the smoke off his gun barrel. Like he even did the, (laughs) like oh come on, like. And you know
1: this was the first movie that I've noticed that. the guys shooting the guns kept their fingers on the triggers all the time. yeah did that did that bother you? I know you're kind of a gun guy like that. Yeah. Does that bother you?
2: a little bit. i mean they even they even went so far as to told to tell him bad gun safety is when he's <laughs> walking with the gun pointed up, which is what you should do, either up or down, right? If you yeah. have friendlies in the area, you want it to be up or down, and the guy says, "Put your gun out like he's like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, that's that's wrong. That's not right. <laughs> like, the boss just went in front of him. So if he has a misfire or if his gun accidentally discharged, you, just, <laughs> you shoot your boss in the back. You know what I'm saying? It was so dumb. Um, all right. So, okay, keeping... Uh, brilliant notice from the restless young, He roamed the planet studying martial arts and particle physics, collecting around him a most eccentric, eccentric group of friends, those... Hard rocking scientist, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. That's a bad sentence. So I mean that's the intro. Uh, well that's part of the intro. We get a little bit more here. Hold on. And now with his astonishing jet car, which is actually a truck, ready for and, a That doesn't
1: sound like it's running very well. Yeah, the a, timer the timer belt uh, doesn't
0: quite uh yeah,
2: that, that sync up got, very that, well. That F three fifty was struggling.
0: When I saw that in the when I saw that in the opening <laughs> scroll I thought, okay, he's got a jet car. This is gonna be like he'll have a a you know, a vehicle like Batman or something he can yeah. go around. Yeah. And so. it was used what, twice?
2: Uh well once actually as a jet car and then once just yeah. to take him to the groceries. I mean I'm saying like he just get the jet car fueled for for high for, for normal street speed or something like that. Like Yeah. You don't have another vehicle at the compound you can just drive like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, well,
1: Batman doesn't have a—I don't know—a VW bug that he drives around. Well no! I mean, when, when, the, when the the Batmobile isn't working.
2: Right, but his glass also doesn't break when you hit it with a, a wrench. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, all right, and now is the astonishing but, jet car ready for a bold assault on the dimension barrier, Buckaroo bottom. So here's
1: here's the big question, Sean and and Andrew. Is this movie so bad, it's good? Because that's what we're asking ourselves when you, when you start calling something a cult classic, um, like, like this movie's been called. Is it so
0: bad, it's good? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm a fan of some cult films. But this one, no. Yeah. I wouldn't want to watch this one again.
2: Like, you know? I would only watch this again with you guys.
1: And drunk. And drunk.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean
1: it would take some some alcohol to get me to watch this thing again and, this and, was that bad and maybe and boring I, that's the problem it was just boring
2: yeah well yeah i mean I, right right i i and i'm trying to think are are the three of us the target not the target market here in this and because we all we all would make fun of Sam's age that he's you know a thousand <laughs> years old, but for all intents and purposes, we are we were all born of the '80s. I know Sam, you were born in '78. Yeah. So so the '80s to us is just our elementary age. We don't care about yeah. anything, right? We're we're running around sticking bananas in our ears. So we're truly we're children of the '90s. The '90s was our formidable years. What shaped our identity is where we started learning. Pop culture and things like that. Some says
1: for you guys, maybe yeah. I still find myself a children, child of the eighties.
2: I mean, and I, like I look at the eighties as a fond time for me, and I have movies and and music from the eighties that, um, that I that I love. But you know, like like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a movie of my youth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Die Hard was a movie of my adolescence. Um, even though Die Hard was filmed in '89, I didn't watch it until. 90, 91. So, anyway, my point is, is that I, I'm wondering if I was ten years older, and had seen this movie in the '80s originally, and would I would I be saying the things that I'm saying about it? And probably not, right? I,
0: well, I don't know. I mean, uh, if I, I think that we are the target audience. I mean, we're self proclaimed. Trickies Mm -hmm. and and Star Wars fans and science fiction type people. I mean, Star Crash has been something we've watched, for heaven's sakes. Right. I would rather
2: rather watch Star Crash than this.
0: Oh, yeah, I would, too. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that's the target audience for this movie is sci-fi lovers. Right. I mean, don't you?
2: I I mean, yes and no, I guess, because obviously my – Yes, in that this movie has achieved cult classic. And usually cult classic only refers to nerd culture. Yeah. Right? There's no such thing as... No one has ever said Clueless is a cult classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is no mainstream...
0: I've heard it for horror films, though.
2: Yeah, but horror... Yeah, you're right. Horror films... um, Like, Troll 2 is a horror film. And... And it's considered a cult classic, and, not, and that's not just for nerd culture. So I guess you're right. Um, but th- this movie,
1: I think, is... is well, uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China is considered a cult classic. It is a cult I'd, classic. And I, would, I would rather watch that than this.
2: But I think that movie knew what it was going to be the entire time. I yeah. think that movie was always going to be super silly, campy, with some, with some fun action. Right and some bad one-liners, like they went. Like John Carpenter knew what he was doing with that. Like he's like, "Hey, I already have my Halloween. I've got my legit horror, right? And I've done the thing, right? Legit horror. Now I'm ready to do some legit camp. You know, I mean, that movie is just is rife with with silliness and camp and, and and all that stuff. And I just, I think, you know, like. Son of a bitch must pay. I mean, come on. That's you,
1: not that's not written in any seriousness. No,
2: like, and nor ah,
1: should be acted yeah. in in a serious. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this movie, it really took itself seriously.
2: I think but
1: to its own detriment.
2: Yeah, exactly to its own detriment. That's a great great point because like, I'm trying to remember was Robocop before or after this? It was after this, right?
0: Uh, yeah, it was 87. Yeah.
2: 87. Okay, yep. so. I don't know what Peter Weller did before this, but
0: he—he uh, he was a, a
1: waitress.
2: Oh, waitress! That's a weird. Um, well, he, it's Hollywood. <laughs> you never know these <laughs> days. Um, I mean, it is interesting when you click on Peter Weller. He is known for this movie, and well, he actually had done uh, some stuff. He'd done one, two, yeah, about a handful of things beforehand um nothing i'd ever heard of shoot the moon kentucky woman two kinds of love of unknown origin um so anyway but i don't know i just i did i again with this cast of guys it it made me feel like they were trying to go to go serious now i get you hire christopher lloyd to be a weird alien bad guy cuz he can do cuz you like he was a comedian before.
1: Yeah. In, and John in, Lithgow is a is a well-known Canadian comedian. Uh-huh. So and I don't know though. I mean, he played that part comedically.
2: He did. With his weird alien Russian oh, Italian so accent. <laughs> and I laughed when he talked cuz I'm supposed to. Yeah. Um and like and there's other parts of the movie I laughed like when he's driving his jet truck into the compound he puts his blinker on like <laughs> no, why would know. they put a blinker on such a car it just seemed dumb <laughs> and 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 like little things like that made me laugh which we weren't supposed to um and and I loved, whenever Jeff Goldblum was on screen, I loved every part of what he did. Yes. Um, because he was, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is 10 years before Jurassic Park. Like, yeah. you, you would go on to have one of the great scenes where your chest is all poking out and you're all hot and sweaty. Yeah. I mean, like, that's one of the great uh, gifts of our yeah. time.
1: And here he is in a almost plastic cowboy getup so um, for kind of no reason whatsoever to be in a plastic cowboy getup.
2: Right. And like, there's just so many things that don't make sense. Like when they have the press conference of the world press, right in this weird little dinky conference room, why is Penny up there? Why is Jeff Goldblum? Like Jeff Goldblum has been a member of the team for five minutes and he's up there. He even makes, he like he even does it. He says something that he wasn't supposed to on, on the microphone. And Penny is up there for some unknown reason. again, Oh, I'm. I just got bailed out of jail, so that makes me qualified to sit here next to you. I,
1: well, and and but yet, she look She's his wife. She looks twin, like his
2: she's wife. She's the twin sister of his ex-wife. That I'm so confused but was on a, that was a, front. Was, a, was adopted.
0: <laughs> it still doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make that's sense. Another thing, I was like, if she had a twin sister, how would she not know?
2: But they were separated at birth, and she was adopted. And they—they they say in the movie, it's dumb. It's real yeah.
0: dumb. but that's again a weird storyline that didn't—it
1: didn't, it didn't need to be there. It
2: didn't matter.
1: It didn't. It. Didn't.
0: it well, I don't even know why you had to. I mean, you can find somebody attractive and not have been married to them. Like you no. can. <laughs> did you we can find out how,
2: how the wife died?
1: Uh, I don't remember if they said it in the movie. I don't think so. In the trivia, I read that in the, if there was going to be a sequel, you were going to find out that some, like, Hanoi oh, gym yeah. or something like that was the reason why she died. And that was going to be the next big bad. Right. Hong Kong Fui um, Yeah.
2: They, well, at what the end of the movie, done? they actually have in the credits, stay tuned for the next yeah. great adventure. and It was going to be called yeah. Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai and the evil... Dead or something—I can't remember what it was—but they were anticipating a sequel. Like they they were—they were were ready to make a franchise.
0: The end of the the movie, during the end credits. Yeah, I mean, I'd had enough cheese in the movie. Why are
2: they? They're walking around the
0: aqueduct like. I really felt like that was a scene out of Anchorman. (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird. And so I mean, they were like marching in step to the music, and I was kind of impressed by that for a moment. But <laughs> it was literally—I just kept thinking, "I've seen this done in a in a Will Ferrell movie." Right? So they, they're all dressed like they would be in a Will Ferrell movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense.
0: Including
1: Jeff Goldblum in his um, cowboy, cowboy
2: outfit. And it's so, and they calls call me New Jersey, like. Why do they call by their cities and it didn't make any call sense? Call me scout. <laughs> it's your thing, Josh. Um <laughs> it's just <laughs> I don't know. And like there's there's just so many other little things that are that are introduced. Like, okay, when Rawhide Clancy Brown when he dies, like I know I'm supposed to feel something, but we hadn't been with him long enough for me to care. Yeah. No. And
1: I thought that's when he was finally going to get out his doctor skills again, and like do some weird <laughs> surgery on right. the poor guy.
2: Right, and again, <laughs> okay, I got to go back to the press conference. So, <laughs> the two there's two aliens in the the the, um, the audience, right, and then Christopher yep. Lloyd is back back behind, right. If. If the whole point is to get the doctor so that they, he can build them or they, he can use the thing, the MacGuffin of the movie, to get them back to their home, why is he wearing pantyhose over his face? Who cares <laughs> if people know what you look like? What, you're an alien. And
0: it, and it wasn't. It, it was mesh, and it was see-through, and it was only covering half of his face. Yeah, like, what, it only what?
2: covered his nose and down. Like, <laughs> I can still see your eyes and hair. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense at all. Just, oh. There's so much of that in this movie that just didn't make sense. I mean, like...
3: Yeah, oh,
1: I like, know.
2: And, and more than just the watermelon. Like, I almost, almost feel like that can be a, a new trope, just the watermelon trope, when you introduce... The first part of a joke, but don't finish it. Like that—that that might be called the watermelon. I, I don't know. Like, um, uh, did like did John Lithgow need to electrocute himself just so he can have a flashback? Like, was that the point of the electrocution? I think yeah,
0: I believe so. Like, he, I believe uh, he, he had like, to do it. <laughs> he
2: puts it up to us.
0: We can't just see a flashback. Like, we have to. Never, never before in a movie have we just cut to a flashback. I think we could tell by the way that he's not in an insane asylum and that he doesn't have charcoal on his teeth and his hair is all frizzed up. that it might not be the same time.
2: Right. But I tell you what, he was looking pretty good for a man who looked like he was in his twenties in 1938.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: So I guess when you're an alien, you don't age the same way, but even the doctor man looked pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, If he was, even if if he was a young scientist, a brilliant scientist working on that team, at at 25 years old in 1938. I mean, help me out with the math there, Sam. 38 to 88 is 50. Yep. So then you back it up four years. So you're talking 46. So he would have been
1: 80 something.
2: No, if he was 25, right? So we're talking 60. Uh, eight, nine years seven, So he's about 70 years old Dude looked good for 70
1: Yeah, oh and, yeah
2: And again, that's assuming that he's a young scientist at You know, really young, brilliant scientist At 25, which, whatever Anyway, it's fine Um <laughs> I did write, of course, they're all in a band Um, um while, Oh, and, but, and
1: for being a rock and roll legend um, That was kind of a small nightclub Shit to, club,
2: uh, man, it was really bad I mean, everyone knew his face, right? He could just walk in, like the people that were making out behind the, the dumpsters at the hotel or whatever, like, hey, that's Buckaroo Banzai. And then he steals a motorcycle. Hey, that's Buckaroo Banzai. Like, everyone knows who he is. And he's playing in this shit little hotel <laughs> bar. And the guy, even the guy, the manager's like, I don't care who you are. You're going to play in my... It's like, come on. The guy has two saxophones. He's playing at the same time. You need to be doing that.
0: was impressive, by the you way. You
2: gotta be better big time than that. Come on. Is that possible, Andrew?
0: No, oh, yeah. I've seen, I've actually seen people do it.
2: Oh my gosh. i have to ask
0: Stuart. I can actually play two trumpets at once. Oh, not You're well. A... <laughs> I can, can get a couple pictures, though. He
2: can barely play my euphonium well, let alone two of them.
3: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I guess it's different when it's a big mouthpiece like that, you know, enough real estate. Um, he had his own video game and his own like comic book. I just—he
1: was a big deal, man.
2: He was a big deal, but I don't understand why. What made him a big deal? Like, just—I'm—I'm I'm okay <laughs> with the idea of of merging these different worlds of brain surgeon, rock and roll guy, martial artist. Okay, like Doctor Strange did two of those, and and made a pretty darn good movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure they're out there where there's a band guy that turns into a hero or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm sure there is. I just don't know. You about.
1: might want to see Corny on his favorite movie on that.
2: One. Uh, okay, you're fair. You're right. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is, is that thing. But...
1: You're welcome Corny, if you ever li- listen.
2: But like it... <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, I know, again, I'm okay with the idea that this guy is perfect. I'm I'm okay with that. And he takes risks and he does, he's a, you know, the president calls him on his. When there's trouble. When there's trouble, you call Buckaroo Banzai. Like, I understand that this is kind of a callback to even like the Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow movie, right? Where Sky Captain is this ace pilot and, and a great fighter and. You know the the, the government calls on to him to help save the day when giant robots come and take out the city's generators. Like I'm, I'm okay with that kind of. But that that world is fantastic and weird. This is supposed and awesome. Yeah, and this is supposed to be just normal, except with little interdimensional travel. And yet, the only thing he can do is kick Christopher Lloyd in the nuts. I mean, just <laughs> I didn't see why. I don't know. I guess my here's my It was a
1: pretty good kick though. Here, I mean.
2: And here's my other problem. That. Sam and Andrew. Okay. Yes. We have learned from mob movies and old western movies that the reason why the bad guy the, the head bad guy is the head bad guy is because he's typically because he's either really smart and the people that work for him fear him because of those smarts because he knows things about them or or whatever. Or he's scary because he's big and violent and strong and can hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. Like usually or, the...
1: or like uh, Daredevil's What's-His-Name and his both. The,
2: the Kingpin, right, exactly. He's, yeah. he's both really smart and ruthless. He's, he can you know, out-talk you in an argument and beat you to death with a car door, um, yeah. which he does both of those things in that first season. <laughs> um, and so whenever I see movies where the bad guy, the head bad guy, is neither, yeah. I'm always and like, just... how did you get there? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did? Yeah. So and, and here's kind of where I'm coming from. We've been watching as a family every every night or most every nights. We watch Star Wars: The Clone Wars. And and they're pretty good. The we did the, we reviewed the movie and we kind of we kind of gave the movie grief and I think rightfully I didn't so. Like the movie at all. I think rightfully so. It gets better. Um, there's a lot less of the. It got better. Yeah, it got better. Uh, there's a lot less of the uh, the droids arguing with each other and Have you ever hit a Jedi? No, and then he gets killed. You know things like that. Like there's a lot less of that because we're in the we're season three, but there's uh we're getting into the whole Hut Crime Family, and all I can think of is how did those giant slugs become part of the Crime Family? Like. Oh. <laughs> I'm not threatened by them by physical force, right? and so either they just know stuff, or you know, what I'm saying, like I don't understand how they became. So
1: powerful. how are they? How are they portraying it then? What's the?
2: Well, the only like, we, we what, see. What's
1: the reason according to them?
2: Well, we don't know. They're just. It's just a thing, right? They're just. Oh, okay. It's, the huts are powerful. There's a hut clan. So Jabba the Hut is the only one we see in the theatrical world, theatrical universe. But there are lots of huts, and they're part of the hut clan. And um, in order to do anything major, they have to have a meeting. And in the episode we just watched, they have a meeting about one of the one of the brothers that attempted uh, an assassination on Java. And so they've decided that it's time for Zero, is his name, to be taken out, so to speak. So anyway, my point is, <laughs> is that. In, the, in the, the bad guys in this movie, uh, I mean, Christopher Lloyd was formidable, but Lithgow, first of all, he's only, there's like 45 minutes of the movie, we don't see him. Yeah. So we never really get a chance to fear him because we don't see him for so long. And, yeah. he, and because he talks, he's weird and like, he's all crazy and dirty and I'm sure he smells bad. Like I, I don't, I don't, I can't take him seriously as a villain. The same way why I can't same reasons why I was saying we can't take Buckaroo Banzai as a hero. Because <laughs> what did he do to show us that he was a hero other than twirl a gun behind his back to shoot somebody? Which is really dangerous. He could have shot his ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, did you see, Sam, you saw Han Solo movie, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. You know
2: when Woody Harrelson's kind of spinning the guns and shooting bad guys? Yeah. He kind of does a little thing like that in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like when he shot that, yeah. it was, I'm, I'm giving other people a frame of reference kind of what he did. Um, but like Woody Harrelson did it way better. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and it might have been CG, I don't know, but he did it way better. Um, I, I actually wish also I had the time and the energy because I had the thought, I had the idea to make a super cut of this movie every time someone said Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> and just, it would have been like
0: 40 yeah, I, I, seconds. Over they used and that over yeah. for the uh, previews or the promos. Because yeah. in several promos you hear them say the title of the film. and Or at least they used to. I felt like they were just taping so many of these so they could get one good one for the promo, and then they just ended up putting them all in the movie.
1: (laughs) Oh.
2: I actually can see... I wonder if someone has done this. Oh, there's got to be. Don't you think... I'm I'm seeing a bunch (laughs) of trailers. There's a bunch of trailers. There's a bunch of clips.
1: Now, okay... Uh, do you guys remember the movies, the, the Shark Boy, Lava Girl thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how those were real kitschy? You know, they were really kind of geared towards kids? Yeah. I wonder if this was the 80s version of that.
0: I uh, don't know. I mean, it, it, uh, he shot the bird in one scene, and I think they said shit in the first three minutes. Of ass, the I know they said
1: ass at some
0: point as well.
2: Yeah.
1: But still...
0: Um, a's was a different time
1: for well, that that's
2: kind true. of stuff.
0: Back, yeah. This would be rated PG-13 today. Back then it was probably G.
2: Well, it was PG yeah. because PG-13 <laughs> hadn't been invented yet. Right. Um. Okay, I'm on YouTube. This is a scary place. Why Buckaroo Banzai is today's most important superhero?
0: I couldn't buy him as a superhero. Not. A, I mean, maybe a hero, but not a superhero. No.
2: Um, under his comments, under the posting of this video, it literally says, so why is there a watermelon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a valid question.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm just looking, I I can't get down this rabbit hole right now. I just, maybe I should, I just can't, I just don't (laughs) care. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't think someone did Someone did a video called He made me watch Buckaroo Banzai. Did <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch Ugh. of other there's a bunch of other um podcasts about this movie, like video podcasts and stuff about this movie um,
3: huh
2: Someone wrote this is required viewing Ugh. There's a bunch of trailers. Yeah. Apparently, no one did, has done this. Um, I, I wish Uh-oh. someone has had done this.
1: Maybe, I, maybe it's your calling, Sean.
2: Maybe my calling. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I, I I could do it. I guess I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm 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 googling it, and I I can't find it. Uh, AlamoDraftHouse.com has it coming up. They're going to be watching it. So, anyway. Wait, they do, do they do a podcast? No. No, they don't. Alamo? No, they just do it up. They're just doing a viewing of it. Oh, uh, okay. Buckaroo Banzai TV series loses Kevin Smith amid MGM lawsuit. Well, this was two years ago. Apparently, <laughs> they were going to try to remake this thing. That would have been interesting. Anyway, my point is, is that. I didn't like this movie I just and like when I see things like that like Kevin Smith was was going to post like there's obviously a cult there there's a following for this thing, and I just mm-hmm. for whatever reason it just it, somehow it, it missed us, and maybe uh, if I watch it a second time, it'll make more sense uh,
1: maybe but, if you watch it with friends, you know it's one of these movies where if we sat here and made fun of it while we're watching it, maybe it would be a a lot more fun.
2: But it doesn't seem like even just the Googling that I just did like now while I was looking for go blind. it doesn't doesn't seem like that's what this is. This isn't Troll 2 where people get together and and laugh or even Rocky Horror Picture Show where people go up and throw toast at the screen. Like Like this, this is a revered thing and I wonder if us, the three of us kind of panning the movie as we are, if someone listening is actually kind of like Disagreeing with us,
1: I'd like to hear from that person. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I certainly I didn't see redeeming qualities in this. I, I, I did just, not. I I'm don't sorry. either.
2: Like I don't get it. Like and and maybe and again, maybe because this isn't important of a movie to me like it is to other people. Like I said, if we did, if we reviewed the last Starfighter, and. And you three all said, this is a terrible movie. I might get a little defensive because it's it's one of my, I'm saying it's like one of my movies that I grew up watching and I might try to like, dig in the sand a little bit harder to defend it. So mm-hmm. I, so I b- because it's important to me because of my youth, because it was a movie that I watched over and over and over again when I was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, because I had this dream that if I kept playing my Nintendo and got really good, then aliens would come down and recruit me to join them. Yeah.
1: Um, How, how'd that go?
2: It, I'll let you know. Uh, I, I currently uh, <laughs> nightly play a World War I video game, so if uh, if we go back 100 years in warfare, yeah. I might be pretty good.
1: The only problem, though, is if you go back, you only get one life.
2: I know, that's the part that kind of sucks, right? Cause, yeah,
1: yeah. I, don't, um... I know when I play that same game with you, um, I go through quite a few.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> the style of, of the way we play.
1: Yeah, you know, that's I, true too.
2: I, my my brother in law, JP, he's been on the podcast before, he likes to hide in the back and snipe. I mean, he'll go a whole game, he'll get twelve, fifteen kills and die once. And I'm like, Yeah, I got thirty five kills but died thirty two times because <laughs> I'm I'm Mr. Charge up front throwing dynamite at people. Anyway, no one yep. cares. Um but if you do like Battlefield One, you should check out my YouTube channel where I make I make super clips or montages of our, our exploits. Anyway, and if somebody, Sam, would actually play again. I know.
1: It's can, been hard, dude. He can Getting be, up early, is, is it makes it hard. Because since you guys start at like 1 o'clock in the morning.
2: Uh, uh, last few nights, we, well, we're all back to it, too. So we're all starting earlier. Uh, anyway, okay. uh, I'm still really confused about why the kid has a weapon. Um,
1: well, he needs it, obviously.
2: So, Okay. So was the Secretary of Defense, he was a bad guy, right? Uh,
1: I, th- I think.
2: Right? That's the problem. <laughs> Do we know?
1: I... Because
2: uh... like he, he shows up with the, the van. All right, here, Here's a sequence of events, and this is one of my hopping man moments. He shows up with the tour bus and goes to the guard station to, distra- to the track, distract oh, the guards. You, sorry. you okay? Yeah. You good, Andrew? Did your cat attack you?
0: No, I just happened to slam stuff into my microphone. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) So he goes and distracts the guards. Then he goes into the compound and he's walking around like he owns the place with his pistol out. And he's carrying it weird. He was carrying it like a nightstick. It was weird. Like he had his finger in the trigger guard, but he had the, he was palming the the cylinder where the bullets are kept. And he had the butt of the gun aimed out. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. like he's going to shoot his foot off or something. Um, if it was you was gonna go loaded. blind, yeah. Well, I guess. So, she, uh, I so then he then he walks into the torture chamber, and he doesn't care. He's like, "Oh, I, whatever you guys do on your own time is fine." i I'm a, I was looking for a bomber, and so I thought, well, "Wait a minute, did he just? Are we now <laughs> to believe that he like he knew that these bad guys, these aliens, and they had advanced technology, and they were gonna like?" Create a, a weapon for the American government so that we could take out Russia. Like, are we supposed to infer all that from that phrase? I'm looking for a bomber. You know, and then, and then he finds the the MacGuffin Doohickey thing in her purse, which, for whatever reason, the aliens didn't look in her purse. I mean, my God, it's not like maybe she... it was under a tampon. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's there's only. Certain lines will cross us. Yeah.
2: Even I mean, aliens are like, "Oh, I'm not going in there." Oh. So he finds the thing and then he leaves and then the kid sees him and just points a gun at him and takes the thing from him. It's like, how did? Why would the kids think him a bad guy?
1: Yeah, it's it really that made no sense. It
2: made no sense. And then like, the, and then they're sitting I, on a bench, and the, he's trying to buy the thing back to from the kid for a twenty. Then the, the heroes show up. The kid takes the 20, and then the guy just walks away. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> he just walked away. The kid's not going to go, oh, he's with them, by the way. No, he didn't say <laughs> anything. He just leaves. Was that supposed to set up There's a sequel? There's got
1: to be some deleted scenes somewhere. Well, there are. Yeah. And I know that I read trivia that, that said about these, but about this particular storyline. Because this is just there's got to be something somewhere that fleshes this out a little bit better than some random. They they just wouldn't have kept that in the film. <laughs>
2: just doesn't if, make sense.
1: Or maybe I missed something. I don't know. I just, I'm like you though. I felt like there is something else I missed or, or there was about this situation that would make it make more
2: sense. Like, and this, and this, this junior buckaroo bonsai force, like, I'm I'm still just baffled, and I know it's 1984, and and the, and we're, we're oh a kid with a gun, <laughs> it's fine. Like nowadays, uh, no, but um, <laughs> and you're right, and but I I would not mind a remake of this. The idea of of a of a guy who's so gifted and smart that he he uses his talents to help. People and I'm okay with a weird alien thing, or or something like that. I we we, we still make movies like that today that are weird and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just give me a storyline that makes sense and is in linear. Like just this thing is all over the map. Like, and then yeah. like Christopher Lloyd gets mad at at his boss for some reason and. And screams, like, screw him for some reason, and then he complains about him, and then Lithgow kills him, like, oh, there's another trope where the, the boss bad guy has enough henchmen that he can kill his henchmen, and then, and then the ship at the end is flying around, and I'm like, well, like, again, <laughs> I, I, what's the, what was the point, like, and then how did he know that Banzai was in the pod? He just starts talking to him like he knew he was there. Like, how did he know he was there? Because he snuck on. And then the pod yeah. has a gun that's more powerful than, than anything else. It just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's just so much that just doesn't make sense.
1: You know, what, it, you know what, though? You know what maybe they were going after with all this was the imagination of, of an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old. You know, all the buttons you're pressing, all the things, all the imaginary things that you do, maybe that's what they were going after with it. And to to kind of like the Lego movie, uh, play tending, um, you know, having kids play and make the story as it goes along. Maybe that's kind of what it was going after. Had they went that route
0: and actually used it as from a kid's point of view, it might have been more entertaining. Yeah.
2: I just, I don't know. I just, I still think that.
1: Or played up the camp. You know, just play it less, less straight laced maybe. And, and there were times when it felt like they were about to, but then never did.
2: Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're right. Again, when you have scenes like with, with the president and that whole scene was weird. And with again, when Yakov Smirnov is your freaking secretary of state, then that, then that tells me, oh, this is a camp movie. And then, yeah. but then you have scenes where, like, um, where they're where they're using the Technobabble and they're trying to create actual peril. And I'm like, okay, so we're we're playing serious, you know what I'm saying? And then, oh, the, the jet car is, a, is an F three fifty pickup that sounds like shit and uses a <laughs> blinker. Okay, we're we're back to camp now. And then, yeah. and then, oh, we're, now we're back to serious. And then, and then John Lithgow has that weird rousing speech. That makes no sense. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, we're back to camp. Like, the movie cannot freaking make up its mind. Yeah. It just can't. It,
1: it literally is like there's four different directors pulling it in every direction.
2: Yeah. So, you want, you want some clips? I do have some.
1: Sure. What would you grab? I
2: have? I have a few. Um, So, okay. Here's 19 seconds of Jeff Goldblum. I just, I just like the way he talks. Um, <laughs> I think he's one of my favorite parts of Ragnarok. And uh, oh, so absolutely. it's just 19. He's the
0: same character in every movie. Well, you're,
2: you're not wrong. So this is just 19 seconds of Jeff Goldblum doing Dr. Speak.
0: See, this is the point where for me, it started to look like a problem. I mean, you know, I wanted to sacrifice the precentral vein in order to get some exposure. But because of this guy's normal variation, I got excited. And all of a sudden, I didn't know whether I was looking at the precentral vein or one of the internal cerebral veins or the vein of Galen or the basilar vein of Rosenthal. So on my own, me at this point, I was ready to say, that's it. Let's get out.
2: He didn't take one breath in that whole t- dialogue. Jeez. Uh, this made me laugh. Holy Toledo. There you go. Holy Toledo. There you go. Um, supposedly. What was the,
1: what, by the way, what was the fascination with New Jersey?
2: I don't know. Maybe the, right? the directors from there. I don't, I don't know. It, it it was weird. Maybe they're like, oh, we're, New York is overplayed. Let's do everything in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> well, no, because the director was born in Connecticut, so I guess I mean, maybe he lives in... Uh, I don't know. Um, I, th- this line, supposedly, like, there's actually some history on this actual line itself, but and the movie makes you think that this is the most zen... Buddha, you know, um, you're going to find inner peace. I just, I just rolled my eyes.
1: No matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: no matter where you go, there you are.
1: Well, it's true.
2: I mean, I guess. It's just if you're, if you're sitting down. There you go. I don't know. It's just dumb. Uh, here's one of the 1,500 times this was said in the movie.
3: Hey, wait a minute. You can't ride
2: that. It's Buckaroo <laughs> 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 With that music, man. Wasn't that great?
1: Oh, you got to love some 80s synth. I oh, mean, man, that, that, it's just so good.
2: That music was fan-freaking- Um, it was terrible. I mean, like, but I will say this. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean for that. Um, I I will admit when the music started the beginning, I felt like I'd heard it before. I'm not gonna lie. I was like,
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm saying it had some connotations of other other soundtracks.
2: Yeah, I, I this this thing came on and I'm like, I I know this film score. I've heard this before, and I wonder if if they played a little bit of it in. Ready player one. You ready for some of this?
1: Okay, let's
2: do it. I'm just gonna play enough to just enough to get kicked off of uh,
3: YouTube
1: <laughs> Yeah, ready player one. I bet ya.
2: Yeah, don't you think? Yeah.
1: I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it again, but at that third
2: So, I mean, that, that, I think they actually put that in Ready Player One, because that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, I might just... go and More than
1: likely, like they were able to get it pretty cheap in Ready Player One, if I would guess.
2: Yeah, I would think so. Uh, if, uh, yeah, whoever, I don't know who wrote the score, but yeah, you're probably right. Um, anyway, uh, that's, was that all my clip? No, no, I got more clips. Uh, here's John Lithgow. Uh, this made me laugh out loud.
0: Where are we going?
2: Let it hit real soon. <laughs> real soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. We're back to camp. Got it. All right. I'm with it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are we going real soon? Like, why did they all think that that was the thing to say?
1: When is this podcast done?
2: Yeah. Real soon. Real soon. By the way, one of the scenes that they cut. Was where Jamie Lee Curtis appeared as his mother. Oh wow! Yeah, so. Um. Michael Boddicker, Bod yeah, Boddicker is the guy. What did the uh, music? Um, the 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 gnarly synth stuff. So. Anyway, um. Make sure it's flit? not bot liquor. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Uh, actually, it would be <laughs> if you if you put the the comma, you break it in half. It would be Bod Dicker.
3: <laughs> he is a
2: Bod Dicker. <laughs> uh, he has done such music department. Let's see, let's uh, composer. He composer for this and something called the Magic Egg and the Adventures of Milo and Otis. I've watched that. The dog movie, the dog and the cat movie. Yeah, um, he's done a whole bunch of stuff as like as a musician, though. You know, good you gracious, Bionic Woman. I can't even read all this stuff. It's 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 insane. Um, my gosh, he's done. Sorry, give me a second. He's done two hundred and seventy six credits as a musician. Holy on, crap! On film scores. So he's done For a him. bunch of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's got talent. Um. So good for him. Uh, this made me laugh. It's not my goddamn planet, understand, Monkey Boy? Let's get out of here, John O'Connor. But John Warfin said we could kill her.
3: Damn John Warfington and the horse he rode
2: it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to make sure I got some Christopher Lloyd yelling.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, Bobby. And then, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Jeff Goldblum's like, oh she died. Like, like, oh, I, I did everything I could. Oh, okay, we're a serious movie? Buckaroo, president's on line one, calling about is everything
0: okay with the alien space cloud from Planet 10, or should he just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. Which was yes, destroy Russia
1: or
2: uh, number two? i I'm like Oh, okay, we're, we're back to that again? Okay, got it. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go.
0: And now for some more bad news.
2: Ready? Uh Oh, tropes. I wrote crazy scientists and all microphones called f- cause feedback. And there's about a dozen.
1: Oh, of course, letters. you didn't know that? Especially when there's really bad sound operators.
2: That drives me crazy. I did like the gag where the dude said something and the secretary of defense got so mad that he just unplugged his microphone. That made me laugh. I'm like, oh, that's one way to do it. Just unplug. I'm sure the sound guy's like, hey, put that back, you a-hole. I'll mute him. It's fine. Some of the dialogue used in the jet car sequence is taken directly from Mission Control chatter heard during a shuttle launch countdown. That's kind of neat. Okay, here we go. This one's this one's uh, it's a lot of words, but just bear with me. The end of the
1: so many words.
2: <laughs> Shut up. The end of the movie invites the viewer to watch for the upcoming film *Buckaroo Banzai Versus the World Crime League*. This was the real title for a sequel that Sherwood Studios planned to make if this film had been successful. Unfortunately, it was a bomb, and Sherwood Studios went bankrupt. After its release on video and cable, however, this film became a cult favorite in much the way Mad Max had. Um, Legal wrangling due to bankruptcy, this is what I was trying to find earlier, prevented any other studios from picking up the sequel rights and even... Many years later, MGN had to fight through a pile of red tape simply to get the okay to re-release it on home video and DVD. Wow. Um, I wrote, uh, uh, the oscillation overthruster, my MacGuffin, device reappeared as a spectral analyzer on Star Trek The Next Generation.
1: <laughs> it, <laughs>
2: In another Star Trek connection, the quote, no matter where you go, there you are, appears on the dedication plaque for the USS Excelsior. Also, Peter Weller is one of our Star Trek connections, and Christopher Lloyd is our other. Mm -hmm. There might be more, but those are the two big ones. Um, and I didn't do a whole lot of research. I just said, "Oh, hey, look, both of those guys are in Star Trek." So,
3: um,
2: and then during the jet car test, the computer screen that has the graphics show three different words: signed, sealed, delivered. It actually says that. So uh, there you mm. go. Yeah. Mm. Again, we're back to that. Okay, got it. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, what the heck? <laughs> I'm not sure, well that was in the playlist I meant for uh,
0: (laughs) Was that the screaming no?
2: No, that was the no That was um Orlando Jones screaming no When they have to do the probe When they have to go get the alien up his butt When he's like Lubrication, there's no time for lubrication There's always time for lubrication And then they they shove the thing up his butt And that's what he screams He screams (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I forgot I had that in here Sorry I meant to play Excuse me while I whip this out That's what I meant to play Alright <laughs> But this is great man When I, I got my computer back I got all my clips again well, I'm, I'm just excited That's great Oh it's great you know, Things are getting better There we go So oh, That was really high up uh, On the thing Did we have a uh, uh,
1: Um, did we have a montage? Uh, Number one.
2: I don't remember one either.
1: Unless it's the, the aliens building the ship while he's saying his speech. I
2: don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Top three, we decided to go with dimensional travel. So I think there's going to be a lot of loose interpretation on what that means, and uh, we'll try to keep the discussion to a minimum. Andrew.
0: Okay. Um. I have number three, Inception.
2: Okay. Oh yeah. Nice. You, okay. Yeah, totally yeah. with you there.
0: Uh, number two, Ghostbusters. Um, they battle. Uh, what's the name? Yeah, well, isn't he
1: from from? Uh,
2: oh yeah, I get, I'm with you there. Yeah, the Stay yeah. Puft Marshmallow Man actually technically comes from another dimension. Yeah. And so does yeah. um, Gozer. I
0: guess Gozer, that's the name of it. Yeah, Gozer,
2: the Gozerian.
0: And then uh, number one, and I love this movie, and I never really thought about it being a dimension, you know, an other dimensional movie until I read something about it and it made a whole lot of sense. And that's Groundhog Day. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, explain. Um, and the article that I read was basically every day is a different dimension happening on the same day. At the same time. Interesting. I guess that would make sense. Okay. Um, um, and then I had an honorable mention of Back to the Future 2 when they come back from the future and it's a different reality. That's why I asked the question about do other realities count?
2: Yeah, it's a new timeline. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really care because it's, the same, it's the, same, the same thinking as how we got the new Star Trek series. Yeah. Yep. It's because they're on a new course of, of history now, new, new timeline, um, which is fine. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Sam.
1: All right. I've got a, um, uh, an honorable mention for the movie Timeline.
2: Okay. Um, Isn't that just time travel, though?
1: If, you've, if you read the book, you listen carefully, they actually are going from dimension to dimension.
2: So you're doing you... books now instead of movies?
1: No, in the movie as well.
2: They say it in the movie? Did yeah. We, did we watch we to, create
1: the movie? A, to create a time machine, you need another dimensional being to create the exit for you. You create the entrance, they create the exit. Really? Yeah, it's so weird like that. Uh, my but, number three would but, be Matrix.
2: But what if Doc Brown just built a DeLorean?
1: Well, technically, I mean, I mean you could say he's going to. I mean,. They say that there's an infinite amount of uh, dimensions or timelines out there, right? So, somewhere along the lines, you've got the same story happening only 50 years previously.
2: Isn't that that, that like string theory? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever.
1: Um, uh, My number three would be Matrix.
2: Okay. Yep. I'm with
1: you. Okay, good. I'm totally with you. Number two, uh, I've got John Dies at the end.
2: All right, You know, I thought about that movie, but I, I forgot about it. they had to go and fight a weird farting m- thing.
1: My number one movie is probably Sean's favorite movie of all time, Interstellar.
2: Uh, huh. I, see, I saw that on the list. I still don't get how that's interdimensional. They just go to another galaxy.
1: The, uh, the aliens, our future selves are supposed to be interdimensional beings. Oh,
2: I, I get the, yeah, okay, yeah, the Tesseract bit. I get that yeah. that's a different dimension. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. Okay, well, that's fine. Still not a good movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to stick that to in there, you, dude. Screw you, man. Screw you. So my honorable mention is breaking the rule. Uh, when I say Star Trek, I actually mean the the TV series. Um, what? From there, they so in the, the Star Trek universe, there's actually a, a, a they 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 also believe prescribe to the multi dimension the multiverse,
0: mm-hmm. and they
2: accidentally. In, um, in every series of, of Star Trek, except I don't think Voyager did it, they accidentally jump over into the other dimension, the other universe, in which the Federation is actually the villains. They're actually bad guys, and they create oh. the Terran uh, Empire and kill... Basically, the, the, in that version, the, the, the Terrans humans are racist and they believe that they are the only, we humans are the only species worthy of the galaxy and are on hell bent to destroy any other species in the in the um, quadrants.
1: Doesn't so. sound very nice.
2: No, that's what makes it for interesting Trek because then you can write these characters doing these horrible things and it doesn't break Gene Roddenberry's vision. So anyway... Again, that's like said my honorable mention. I wrote down a bunch of these because I just didn't know what you guys would write. Uh, Jet Lee's the one. There's a lot of you know. There's a multiverse kind of concept happening there. Um, but I've never
1: seen that one.
2: It's a finite matter. It's actually it's a good kick flick. It actually with him and Jason Statham. Jason Statham and Delroy Lindo is in it. It's actually a good movie for the
1: guy that played uh, Lando Calrissian.
2: No, no, it's Childish Gambino. Um, Delroy Lindo is. Uh, did you see Gone in 60 Seconds?
1: Mm, yes, but I didn't pay attention.
2: he's—he's. Oh. He's, I was going to say he's the cop, but whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I also uh, wrote The Matrix, so I won't use that. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. There you go. There you go. I did have Flight of the Navigator on here, but I think Sam said no, so that's fine.
1: Yeah, I think it's Alien. I don't think it's... Well, it's alien,
2: but I don't think there's dimension. I think it is just simple time travel. Time travel. I did yeah. see someone posted on one of the blogs the movie source code, and source code. Uh, it's a Jake Gyllenhaal thing, and it's a it's a second. It's another dimension, in only that. And it's, I, this will spoil the hell of the movie, so I don't want to say it. But Jake Gyllenhaal's point of view, it's not reality. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's it's more like The Matrix than anything else as a second really? dimension. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say any more because if you've not seen it, it's actually a pretty fun little flick to go watch. But my number one is Big Hero 6.
1: Oh, dude. Okay. I would have um, added that too if I would have remembered.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Forgot about that. It's right? It's a great movie.
2: It is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I love what the movie. about uh,
1: Dr. Strange work for that too?
2: Oh, yeah. The Mirror Dimension and the Multiverse and Dormammu. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. have you have you seen the how it should have ended for Infinity War?
3: Mm, they did no. they did
2: like six endings and like four of them Doctor Strange just completely wins the day. <laughs> like the first <laughs> one is like Thanos walks off he goes yep you look more like a Thanos and he goes Maz is dead he goes yep and he goes okay portal and then he opens up a portal underneath him and then as he falls he uh, he he closes the portal around the gauntlet until the gauntlet just pops off. And he goes, "All right, that was easy." <laughs> I could, that would make a lot of sense, right? You know, so anyway.
3: <laughs>
1: well, I've I've read a lot of that too, where they they had a really hard time with some of these OP um, characters yeah. in the movie and how to handle that. Yeah. And Doctor Strange was certainly one of those.
2: Yeah, and and the, and because the, again, I, I know we talked about it uh, last week's episode uh, of this where. I watched the director's commentary and they wanted to talk about how they talked about specifically they wanted to show off. Dr. Strange is significantly more powerful than the last time we saw him Um, in being what he was able to do. And but you're right. Just simply a sling ring kind of makes him pretty (laughs) if if that cuts off body parts when when it closes like, because they do it in the movie, right? The the guy the that's yeah. in the snow, they send him to Antarctica or whatever. And then he reaches up and they close it and his hand just lops off. Like, oh, you shouldn't have shown us that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> cause then we're asking, why couldn't have done that with the gauntlet? So, but I guess the idea would be like, maybe because he has the tesseract stone. Like that wouldn't work for him, you know. So anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Um, what, what does matter is we're gonna give this. A, Wait, what's supposed to happen? A score. Uh, this is where we do this part of the show where you guys tell me, and of course I participate in the giving of a score of out of ten. Um, and I'm pretty sure that our numbers are not going to go anywhere near what we did last week.
0: Just so. <laughs> uh, No. Um, <laughs>
2: Go ahead, uh, Sam. Uh, Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that. (laughs) No, it's fine.
0: IMDb gives us somewhere around a six-something, which was surprising.
2: Yeah. Um, Uh, I get it because, again, fandom, those are the people that are voting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But they're weird. And then, um, you know, I I just – this movie to me, you know my rule about it is if it keeps my attention. And I wanted it to keep my attention, but it was – jumping around so much it was like the movie had it was like movie Tourette's or (laughs) Uh, so you're not wrong (laughs) no I so I can't give it a high score I'm gonna say um uh, maybe a 3.5 random watermelons in a press out of 10
2: right okay
1: and see duck on it Andrew took my number I was gonna go for three and a half um I don't know, the, clothes, the okay. clothes she was wearing which were like rags tied in the middle I, I don't understand and because of that I'm going to give it a 3.49 Well remember she was,
2: she was poor as hell like, yeah. She says that like this is her last nickel like she only had enough money to buy the alcohol and apparently the little 22 she was going to use to kill herself with that no one else concert. saw at the concert
1: Oh, they're all watching Buckaroo sing, oh, sing a song.
2: Right. They're singing a song Sing, the piano. Man, yeah.
1: sing a song.
2: Uh, I'm kind of with you guys sing. on the score. I'm just going to give it a four because, I don't know. I mean, it is, I don't even know if it deserves a four. I'm trying to think. Actually, I can't give it a four. I really can't. It's going to give me a, a 3.95. I know it's weird to drop it that low, but. I'm looking back and like like I gave um I gave Gamer a four. I think I'd rather mm-hmm. watch Gamer than
0: this. I would watch that movie again any day before I watch this. One.
2: Yeah, like The Lightest Darkness I gave a five. Um, Mercy Kill. So Escape from it's... New York. Five. Anyway. I Actually I'd rather watch Escape from New York than this. I'll watch any John Carpenter camp any day over this thing, just saying. Yep. Um, At least
1: it seems like they have fun with their camp.
2: Yeah, and I get, yeah, but...
1: Really, the only time this, this movie felt like it was having fun was the the final credit scene.
2: Well, and the other part that was fun was John Lithgow. Like, there's a scene where yeah. John Lithgow uh, is actually laughing. He's putting on his helmet when they're getting ready to take off in the ship, and Christopher Lloyd is like just making up lines to say when he's like flicking them off or whatever, he's yelling at him, and Lithgow is literally laughing on screen because he, he broke character because he was so funny. Like, I kind of <laughs> feel like John Lithgow, whenever he was on camera, he was just doing whatever he could to make other people laugh. Um, and then like when Peter Weller's on screen, it's like he has to make, you know, it, it's his reel for uh, RoboCop. Anyway, Whatever.
1: Is it just me or does Peter Wellers look a lot like Scarecrow from Batman Begins?
2: Yeah, young one, a little bit. I can see that. I just think like I I feel like he's like he he looks like he's just always sweaty. <laughs> I don't
3: know
2: why.
1: No, you're not wrong.
2: Just I mean there's a scene where he's getting tortured. I mean they must have spritzed him. For five minutes before that scene, I mean, that was it was pouring off of him. Um, so anyway, it's fine. Uh, that's our show. That's the that's the podcast. That was a lot of fun to talk about that movie. Uh, do I want to watch it again? No. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <sorry>.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: That's Anyway, so thank you guys for participating in the show and listening and whatever. Uh, go to our um, GoFundMe page.com slash Uh You can leave us a buck. That'd be great. We do have an Anchor app, uh, an Anchor um, podcast. I haven't posted one in over a month. I suck. I'm sorry. I, I, my, in fairness, I have moved, started a new job, and still managed to do this show. So uh, I will do an episode soon on Jumanji. Um, yeah right. The new Jumanji. I might do it actually when I hang up with you idiots. Um, leave me a review. <laughs> leave us a review iTunes or uh, YouTube. Um, that'd be great. Mainly iTunes. Uh, that helps out the best. Uh, it Facebook. really does,
1: folks. Please, please.
2: Yeah, facebook.com.com/slash/cheapseatreviews. Follow us on Twitter at cheapseatcast. You can follow me at Sean J. Allred at sinig16 and salmon at a jimison i still almost did it wrong andrew uh it's been a long time since <laughs> i've said it five I, months I, yeah it's been a while since i've said it but uh, those are our twitter handles and of course you can send us an email to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com like diana did a few months ago and or a few weeks ago and had us do her movie so Woo-hoo. feel free to, to to participate like that if you have something you want us to do for next week let's do it um if not you can do it that's it and uh, once the music finishes doing its thing, I'll tell you what we're doing next week. But on behalf of Corny, Andrew, and Sam, this is Sean. Thank you for listening and good night.
0: Wow. That was quick. He said.
2: <laughs> and next week we're doing Ex Machina. Ex Ooh. Machina
1: hey ex machina
2: and it's on uh (laughs) hey ex machina hey (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) please leave that in the show (laughs) oh it will be good night